verses 1 through 4 and 11 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. show me 
please rise if you're able for the call to worship. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Christ has prepared a feast of love.
There we go. Great. Join me in the call to awareness. On this night, we remember and celebrate the final supper Jesus shared with his disciples in the context of the Passover. This event, which reveals the holiness of all subsequent meals eaten in his name, institutes the mystery of his abiding redemptive presence in the church's celebrations of the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion or Eucharist. This evening also marks the beginning of the most solemn and joyful celebration of the Christian year. We enter what St. Augustine referred to as the Triduum, during which the Lord died, was buried, and rose again. to sit, that's a-okay too, whatever, however you want to worship in our songs tonight.
sisters and brothers, Christ shows us his love by becoming a humble servant. Let us draw near to God and confess our sin in the truth of God's spirit. Let us pray together. Most merciful God, we, your church, confess that often our spirit has not been that of Christ, where we have failed to love one another as he loves us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips, pray, prayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us, we pray. By your spirit, make us faithful in every time and trust. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who is in the position to condemn? Only Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead and ascended on high for us. And Jesus continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. We hear the epistle from 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 23 through 26. For I have received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that it is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So ends the reading. And so we continue worship as we worship with our offerings. The ushers are going to wait on us.
This is a reading from the Gospel, the book of John, 13th chapter, verses 1 through 17 and 31 through 35. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples. And Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he'd washed their feet and put on his robe, and he returned to the table, he also said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants, are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But it is to fulfill the scripture. When he'd gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know if you love for one another. So ends the reading.
My name is Joe Gerstel, and I've been invited to share my Christian journey with you. So here is my story. It actually started uh, before I existed. As my dad entered Ninth Street Baptist Church down in Cincinnati, Ohio, he was greeted by Henry Alexander. Little did he realize that he was to become his father-in-law. Yes, my parents met in church, and they were faithful to that situation throughout their lives. When they moved to Dayton, they joined the uh, first regular Baptist church down on Monument Avenue. If it was Sunday, we were in church. As a child, uh, I remember following the Christian flag around the, around the sanctuary, picking up all the kids as it, as it went around the sanctuary, brought them forward for the children's message, and then it was off to Sunday school. Uh, there was children's choir and, and long, boring pastoral. Uh, it was all there. In sixth grade, there were classes to join the church. It seemed right, but I, I really didn't understand everything that was going on. The classes did lead to a full immersion baptism, which was a very significant event for me, uh, but I don't know if I really appreciated uh, everything that it stood for. Then there was worth a youth fellowship every Sunday evening. Uh, we, we did have a, a mission trip to, uh, to West Dayton at one point. Uh, for me, it was a very significant event, but uh, it's not near what our Church of the Cross youth are able to experience uh, these days. Uh, I was a rather serious kid growing up, just trying to piece it all together. As a high school student, I remember sitting on the steps to the side door of our house, just looking out over the side yard. It was a foggy, overcast evening, just sitting there thinking, trying to sort things out. And I was just overcome with a sense that God is real. He does really exist. There's something real about a relationship with God. Just, just sitting there thinking about it, it, was, it, it uh, impacted me where I, I still vividly remember that experience. In uh, June of 1964, I attended a Baptist summer camp up in Green Lake, uh, Wisconsin. And while I was up there, I picked up a book called A Guide to Understanding the Bible by Harry Emerson Fosdick. And this, this book uh, gave, a, gave me a lot of new insights and a much bigger picture of the Bible. It's a book that traces the evolution of six concepts in the Bible from the, New, from the Old Testament through the New Testament, how they changed. And those concepts, they were is God, man, right and wrong, suffering, fellowship with God, and immortality. Now, this past year, I, I reread this book, and it gives a real sense that uh, God is not done communicating with us. There is a, a direction and a flow to it all. The Bible is the guide, and it goes from where we have been to where we should be heading. Uh, points us in the right direction, but it, it certainly doesn't give us every step of the way. We still really have to listen and move accordingly. Uh, when I went off to college, I did not leave my Christian background at home. Uh, church attendance, it was sporadic, yeah, but it did exist through college. And there was some real seeking through that time. Um, somehow I did squeeze in a few cr Christian books right, amongst the engineering homework. Uh, most importantly, I did find a great group of fellow Christian men, uh, a bunch of guys, whether Theta Tau fraternity. We still got together on, on a regular basis with the guys, uh, just lifelong friends, great, great bunch of guys. Um, Nita and I met at uh, a YWCA dance in September of 1965. I was in my sophomore year of college, and she was working at the YMCA while living at the YWCA. And this was that time of life where you, you really have to make some major, major decisions. You know, what do I want to be doing? What kind of a job do I want? Who do I want to be living with the rest of my life? Uh, really kind of scary times making those, those decisions. 
uh, was Nita seeing Christ and, and life in the same way that I was. Uh, well, at a YMCA uh, Camp Kern, uh, they were having a conference on Is God Dead? And it was during that conference on the banks of the Little Miami River that I proposed to Nita. Uh, then in, in August of 69, uh, we were married. And in the process of writing our wedding vows, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 really came across in a whole new way for me, uh, put some new significance into that passage. As newlyweds then, uh, we got a little lax in church attendance and, and uh, Christian journey kind of wavered a bit. Uh, but then in, in 1972, our, our first uh, child was born, Matt was born, and we started getting serious about church again. Uh, Larry Gebhardt, with whom I worked at, at, at Delco Products, invited me to Church of the Cross. So we thought we'd come and check it out. Uh, Chuck Loveless, he was able to tell a great story with a good point, and uh, Jim Dill led the choir, which, uh, of which Nita said, I want to be part of that choir. Uh, so we came, and uh, we have stayed. In uh, 76, 78, and 81 came three more children, Katie, Emily, and Abby. Uh, the birthing process is just an amazing miracle to, to be able to be, <laughs> be part of that whole, whole event. Uh, it's just an ama amazing miracle. Uh, and we actively came to church after that. Uh, not Church, Sunday school, not, not a whole lot of other involvement, but most Sundays we were here. Nita did join the choir, uh, and obviously still in it. Um, in about uh, 1982, the Friends Fellowship Group got started, and they have become lifelong friends for us. Uh, have fun with them, they challenge us, they support us. Uh, they are a real blessing and a, and a major, major portion of our lives. Uh, just a real blessing. Must have been sometime in uh, 1987. Pastor Carson started a Sunday school of, or he started a Sunday school a Bible study of the Book of Romans. And this study just kind of went on and on, and I must have gone on for a year or more. Um, the most significant thing for me in that, though, was that it really planted a seed of wanting to really understand what was in the Bible, far more than what I already had. And as God would have it, that next year, 1988, Church of the Cross offered their first disciple Bible study class. It was led by Judy Gebhardt, and I was ready and eager to learn. Now, in September of that year, my mom suddenly passed away. And there again, that, that put a whole different emphasis on this study. I learned a whole lot, but I also learned that there's a whole lot more to learn. It's just the beginning of the journey. And now after that class, I did become more active in, leaderships in the, leadership positions in the church, serving on various church committees. Uh, I took my Emmaus walk in uh, 1994, and it too, it was a major learning experience and a major motivation in my Christian uh, fellow Christian life. And I was active in small groups for a good number of years after that. And then, of course, the part of regular Bible studies and, and uh, Lenten studies uh, were all part of, of my Christian growth. In uh, 2008, uh, Pastor Whitaker, he organized a trip to the Holy Lands. And it, it was a great trip. Uh, seeing the countryside where Jesus walked, the streets of old Jerusalem, the temple wall, the ruins of Capernaum, it really puts things in perspective. The experience, it just validated so many of the Bible stories that I'd heard over the years to actually be there and see it was, was just really significant. Now, somewhere around 2010, uh, Doug Evenden uh, convinced me to, to serve on a Kairos prison team ministry. The Kairos experience was certainly a stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, 
but it certainly generated a lot of spiritual growth. Just relating to those who are incarcerated, relating to the team, the team of Christians from many perspectives, from Catholics to Pentecostals. But the Kairos focus is on the one main thing, Christ's love and his forgiveness, period. That's it. All the denominational details are ignored for the one main thing, Christ's love. Now, all my adult life, there have been varying efforts at personal time with God. Intent is, is to spend time in prayer and Bible study every morning. And too many times I go for that run instead of opening the Bible. Um, so it, it, it takes me away, but at the same time, I have connected with God in very real, real ways, just running the streets of Kettering. Uh, the rhythm, being outside, uh, the pounding heart, the time to think and, and just kind of clear the mind, it, it has given me a real opportunity to connect with God. In the summer of 2013, I attended, a, when both Nita and I attended a workshop on centering prayer up at Lakeside. <clears throat> It proved challenging and, and full of potential, uh, and I've sporadically practiced it since. This is one of those things that I need to, to work on moving forward, and prioritizing time is, is always the challenge. Um, it, it's just difficult to set that time aside, so it, it's, a, it's a constant challenge for me. Now, life does, uh, does present challenges to you as you go along. It's just, it's just part of it all. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm certain and uh, that is a uh, team leader for this next Kairos weekend coming up the end of this month. And uh, that has uh, generated a, lo a lot of stress and, and uh, lots of prayerful moments. Uh, that's uh, one, one challenge, but probably the biggest challenge for us was back in 1985, July 7th. Our son, Matt, uh, he was at a Boy Scout troop meeting in preparation for attending the National Jamboree that year. Uh, he was supposed to be getting a ride home with some of his scout friends. About six o'clock that night, the phone rings, and it's the sheriff calling. Our son had been in an auto accident, <clears throat> and we were to come down to Miami Valley Hospital. Uh, we, he told us that air care had been dispatched, so we knew it was serious. Many, many anxious, stressful moments in the hospital, and when we were told that the two other boys had been killed, everything came crashing down. Finally, we got to go into the emergency room and, seeing, and see our son. He was badly bruised, all kinds of tubes and wires uh, connected to him, but he was alive. I had to sit down before I passed out. Somehow our church found out about the accident, and we had four or five good members with us as we spent the night in the waiting room while Matt was in emergency surgery, piecing together his leg, dealing with his injured lung, he was in intensive care for one week and be in the, in the hospital for another two weeks. Then the anguish continued on a different level as we attended the funerals of the other two boys. Why, Lord, why? Three great boys, why should this happen to them? I remember lying on the living room floor, just sobbing for them. Slowly, healing occurred. Matt was a month or two with an external splint and then uh, finally a more conventional cast. He lost a year at school in spite of some uh, great tutoring. Uh, months went by and life got back more, more back to normal. And it seemed like we were healing pretty well, emotionally, physically. Probably some six months or more uh, after this, uh, our uh, Pastor Carson announced that he was going to have a healing service. It was going to take place on a Sunday afternoon, just a small, simple anointing in the parlor. 
And for some reason, I decided to attend. As it came my turn, I, felt, I knelt in the circle and asked for healing for all that had happened to Matt. With a touch, touch of the oil and the warmth of the hands, it all came crashing back, overflowing in tears. I needed far more healing than what I was aware of. So while I never felt abandoned by Dog, he was certainly present in all our church friends. I did not see my need for his total wonderful healing, releasing it all to him. And now uh, our youngest daughter, Abby, de dealing with cancer. Again, the questions, why, Lord, why? She's been so dedicated to you with missions work in Mexico, in China, Afghanistan, in Turkey for five years, and now working at a nonprofit adoption agency. Why, Lord, why? So the need for Christ's presence goes on. The need for prayers goes on. With, all, with God, all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Church of the Cross. Continue your good work for the Lord. Amen.
Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith and take this holy sacrament to your comfort and make your humble confession to Almighty God. Let us all join together in the confession. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker, maker of, of all things, things, judge of all people, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed against thy divine majesty. We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, the most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive all, all that is in the past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of all thy great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all them that with hearty repentance and true faith turn to thee, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and bring us to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfortable words the scriptures say to all that truly turn to the Lord. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the expiation of our, for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is very meet, right, and our bounding duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God. On this day, we remember on this day, we give thanks to you. It is this day that you ate your last supper with the disciples, instituted the Eucharist. It is the day that you went through so many things just for us.
Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy is give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by the one offering of himself, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the old world, and did institute in and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father. We most humbly beseech thee and bless and sanctify with thy bread and wine that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, its holy institution, in remembrance of his passion, death, and resurrection, may be partakers of the divine nature through him, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
of honor and glory be unto thee, the Father, and without end. Amen. Let us join together in the prayer of humble access. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to partake of this sacrament of thy Son, Jesus that we may walk in newness of life and grow like us in the heaven of glory. O Lamb of God, that takest away the sins of the world, O Lamb of God, that takest away the sins of the world, O Lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world. We invite the communion service to come forward. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for this sacrament, which has united us with Christ and given us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet prepared for all mankind. We thank you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And to this, the people of God said,
the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you.